Welcome to Public Showering, created by me, Sophie Duncan. This is the only podcast designed specifically for pole artists, aerialists, and movers of all kinds who want to learn how to build amazing choreography, tell your stories, and be the best performer you can be. Part of my Sadasi creative coaching system, I'll help you unlock your full fierce and creative selves using professional dance, theater, choreography, and circus tools, plus a hint of real life backstage stories and some simple confidence boosting skills. Last time I was chatting with the gorgeous Lisa Hammond, so here's a little catch up of what we spoke about last time. Because I hadn't ever really been like recognized for anything, um, ever like I'm, that's not like to get my little violin out or anything but, <laughs> like, but but I hadn't and then all of a sudden you know I was finding things I was good at obviously like a lot of us do go about without some of our basic needs being met and we are trying to reach these higher levels yeah which you know some would say that it can be done but are we truly fulfilling them so it's the the big why isn't it it's mm. like what and we've all got our own why but i think when we i think when we talk about our reasons why i don't know if we're being 100 percent truthful hello my friends welcome back to episode two of lisa hammond's absolutely fabulous podcast here on public showering the comp specials and we well last week or last last episode last week last episode uh we went in didn't we mate we went we went went fully in we deeped it we absolutely deeped it so if you for some reason are joining episode two and you didn't listen to episode one firstly go back and start again episode one because that's going to give you a lot of info but also just to do it in a nutshell, uh, Lisa is currently doing her masters in psychology. Um, she's not a psychologist, but she's nearly there. So we're going to use some of the things that she's currently learning to help us figure out what on earth we're thinking about when we get into comp, so when we do the comp, why we do the comp, the motivation. It's so deep and it's just really, oh, it's just nice. <laughs> it's nice. It's a very meaty podcast, this one. <laughs> um Yes, and just FYI, the pair of us have little dogs uh, sat on either side of us. So if you have a little um, hello from either um, either of one of our doggies, then uh, yeah, just welcome to the public showering dogs. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so last time we went in, well, on some actually like really deep concepts regarding uh, the Maslow hierarchy of needs. So Google that if you don't know what on earth we're talking about. We're talking about... <laughs> intrinsic and extrinsic motivations which again well is done deep. so well done thank you i have to admit i was reading that from a prompt but um <laughs> but this time though we're going to talk about basically the start like day one what's going on and everything so to be honest Lisa, i'm just going to throw it over to you because <laughs> where do you, where do you want to start on where do you start <laughs> Okay, so, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things, isn't there, when when you start in to do a comp, and that can be the bit that can be quite overwhelming, because, like, you've suddenly faced with this task, you've perhaps, like, got (laughs) over the excitement of being announced online as a finalist, and, (laughs) 
you know, that was all very exciting. And now you're like, oh, okay, I've actually got to do the thing now. (laughs) (laughs) So like something that I always say to myself, and I think it was my granddad that used to say this to me, was like, fail to prepare and prepare to fail. Um, Love that. That's very, that's very granddaddy. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) It just, you know, it's just a little thing that keeps me going. But I guess, I guess you've got to be very realistic when you're starting out with um, quite a few factors, I guess. So being realistic with time, um, yes. so how much time you've actually got to put into this routine. Um, if you know that you are realistically only going to have like one or two hours a week, then like you can't be feeling really rubbish about not being in the studio every day. <laughs> because yeah. it's not it's not realistic you can't do that and also like within that if you have only got that time like you're going to need to make sure that that time is really productive um yes. so that you're getting the most out of that um <laughs> so yeah being realistic not only with time but with your ability at that point mm. so this all obviously depends on how many months you've got until the competition but if you've got like only two months are you gonna now suddenly learn a big epic move and be able to execute it amazingly in a routine yeah like that's gonna depend on obviously your ability like some people yes like if your name's sophie duncan (laughs) probably yeah no (laughs) i'm just like hashtag fondue there it is again (laughs) yeah but i guess yeah like you're gonna probably spend the first like I don't know, for me, at least four sessions, just figuring out where I'm at level-wise, like, what I'm actually able to do. And then when, like, trying new things that you might want to put in, like, seeing how far away are they from your reach, because, as we all know, it's very different executing something perfectly on its own and executing it perfectly in a routine. Yeah. So (laughs) being realistic about your ability um, and, I guess, like, from there work into your strengths like Mm. so that you're maximizing what you can bring to the stage so I'm not at all saying like don't work on hard things of course like that's the whole point but like you don't want to be okay I'm all of a sudden going to learn to fondue but I've never done anything dynamic (sighs) at all no exactly like because I mean if you think of (laughs) like from the first the day I ever saw one I literally remember I remember the studio and it was it was I can't sadly I can't remember which artist it was it was a male artist anyway and he did the most exquisite thing and I didn't know what it was. I just knew that it was some kind of flippy thing and his legs were like full on ballet. He swung back up in this incredible like 360th swing and I was like, what the hell is that? And this is like 2017 where I just finally got myself like, okay, I like pole now. This is a thing and I would like to compete. And I remember looking at that and being like, I wonder how long it takes to learn to do that. <laughs> Fast forward to uh, 2021. That's when that happened. So, you know, like we don't have four years necessarily to uh, <laughs> to go to a, a competition, but like the time versus ability scale is pretty, it's a pretty obvious scale, really. Like the more time you spend on something, the better you get. And like, I think, um, I mean, this is a slightly off the topic thing, but I guess like, we all know the more you train, the better you get. That's kind of, you know, but everyone's, I guess, what would you call like, 
everyone's level of like how fast you learn is completely different as well. So I think it's really important that like, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Just like thinking like how much can I achieve in X amount of months? Like what's your, when you start a comp, let's say that we, we're doing UK PPC, whatever. And it's six months away. Like what's your brain schedule in terms of prep for that? Okay, so if I had six months, I'd be very happy. Because <laughs> um, never the case, never. <laughs> I mean, I mean, essentially, you could you could prepare six months before, even if you hadn't got results yet that you were through. But like, so if I had six months, um, I guess I would be looking at what I currently have that is very good, and looking at how I want to elevate that. So I'd be spending maybe like a couple of months like learning those new skills like math trying to master them yeah um so i wouldn't go like just me personally and obviously everyone's process is going to be different so this isn't a right or wrong but i wouldn't go straight into choreo um, oh no <laughs> I, I, otherwise i'll probably be sick of my choreo um <laughs> so yeah i would start with like the skills based stuff and not only just tricks but like let's say i've got a song that has a certain part in it that i really want to dance to but it's a different type of dance to what i'm used to mm. then i might need to actually go to somebody and like learn a bit more about that so it's i guess it's the learning stage like yeah you, you get you're getting your skills together you're like starting to build them all together um a bit like with you so when I've done a piece and there's like I want some like contemporary stuff that's like different to what I do and I've come to you and we've done some bits and then what you do is you like pick from that like you you draw from the things that you've learned over those few months to put into that routine oh I remember um, those days those back in the day <laughs> our little swapsies I know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like I would be doing that first and then mm, I'd want to make sure I've got my costume like prepared quite early in advance. So oh, this is a thing that you're really good at because I'm I'm the opposite. I I think about my costume about a month before. <laughs> <laughs> I've got worse at it though, you know. I left it till really last minute for Exotic Gen. Like, really, really last minute. <laughs> I yeah. think for Exotic Gen though, I mean, it's not the same. Obviously, you can go and get like a great like fee Birkin design or whatever, which takes months and whatever. But I'm I've got a thing about comps, like, and actually. Um, I guess we'll talk about this later on in terms of like the cost of things. Like I obviously think it's great to feel and look absolutely fabulous when you're doing a, a comp, but you know, your outfit has to be relevant. And for the most part, my routines haven't required glitz and glam and shinies and all this kind of stuff. So for me, it's always been quite cheap. Like the most I ever spent on an outfit was 115 pounds. And it's actually for just a custom um, dive looking suit which is the one i did for <laughs> did for um uh paul theater uk because i was a diver but it would it would have made sense for a diver that was you know dying to be covered in shorofsky crystals which would be you know fabulous but irrelevant um <laughs> so like you know like i always think this is an important thing to consider not in your timeline of prep but like how much money you are willing to spend on an outfit because i think that could bring you quite a lot of stress actually when it comes to making your routines yeah, so cost is like a big thing, which I think we all underestimate when entering competition. <laughs> yes. Um, like, yeah, you've got to think outfit, like how much are you willing to pay for that? Um, mm. Like, obviously, some people are very good at making things themselves, so you can keep cost down. But and like also, like, is costume part of the criteria? So is that <gasps> going to impact that? Very um, good point. Yeah. And I guess cost as well of like 
if you are going to people and like learning new skills, how much is that going to cost you if you're having to have however many lessons a week, um, studio hires? Um, these are all the little bits that really mount up and yeah. not just that, but like for the actual weekend, like are you planning to stay over in a hotel? Um, <gasps> yeah. How much is it going to how much is it going to cost you to travel there? Like, what about props? I mean, we've got these great <laughs> ideas, but now the props are going to cost £200. Like, It's remarkable, so... isn't it, actually, when you think about what we put into it. I, You know what? I do think about costs, but I also, I don't think about costs at the same time. I just, it just, it just goes, isn't it? It's just like, yeah, oh, that's so another tenner here, another tenner there. Yeah, so, like, if, if cost isn't an issue to you, then that's great, but, like, I know <laughs> at the minute for a lot of us, cost is, so you've got to be, like, mindful of that, and, of course, you can do routines, like, by keeping the cost down, but you've got to, I guess, be mindful of that, like, whilst you're doing it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's um, a hard one, that. Yeah, and then one of the key things, I guess, that comes into the prep for me is, like, the criteria of the comp. Yeah. So, like especially if you're wanting to actually hit criteria then you're going to need to familiarize yourself with what the judging criteria is um <laughs> otherwise you could be putting in like all the crazy things like all the crazy tricks but it might not even mean that much like with mm. regards to the judging criteria so mm. asking any questions as well that you might have like like with the comp organizers can really help if you're like unsure of anything like getting those questions answered early rather than last minute and then having to change everything that's a very very mature <laughs> point to make <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah actually because i don't know if uh, newbies like basically any comp that you're you're going into everyone's very happy to help you on your journey yeah you know like no question is a bad question even even as, in as far as like I'm more than happy when, obviously I don't run a comp, but like if people send me a random Instagram, I'm like, I want to do this and stuff like that. Like pretty much everyone I know is quite happy to give you a quick voice message. You know what I mean? Like normally, but especially comp organizers, like, you know, they're, they're not scary. They're busy, but they're not scary. So <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's nice think, to send a message. No, you're right. Yeah. Like I have a lot of people come to me and they, you know, I have to often tell them, like, to, to ask a certain question, um, you know, to the organisers because, like, they've not asked it yet. <laughs> and and they, do, they do tend to put it off. Um, so, yeah, there's nothing wrong with asking questions. It's like if you had an exam, like, you know, if you were studying in, in education and you had a question, like, yeah. beforehand, like, hopefully you would ask it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think also, like taking on board your feedback from the video round oh, um, okay. so in your video round like if you know that your style is going to be quite similar to what you did then looking at what okay what scores did I get which areas were my weakest so which ones do I need to work on Ooh, top tip final um and I think that like from my experience of judging is something that doesn't always happen like um, and it's really you can see when it does happen um, when people do take the feedback on board like there's quite clear difference so oh, wait so is it so always you, always the same judges for the video round as for the final always no 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 not always at all um, okay. but generally it's still feedback isn't it so of mm. course like 
if you've got different judges for the final, like they might have a different opinion, but like mm. taking any constructive feedback on board is only going to improve you, isn't it? Yeah, um, for sure. And I, I say constructive feedback, like, <laughs> like on board because, um, <laughs> well, that's a whole thing. <laughs> Let's not get into that. Yeah. But, but yeah, taking from that and maybe if you are unsure, like, especially those like starting out in the competing world, like taking it to your instructor and like, you know, actually getting them to explain because sometimes the way we word things might not always be that understandable for someone that's fairly new to pole. So like getting an instructor who like has competed or has some experience in competing to to explain what that might mean. So I don't know, really basic one, but like if they're saying to work on like lines and extension, like someone might not really know what that means. So yeah. you might need to get some help with understanding what, what they're wanting from that. Yeah, that's actually very true because I just realised, like, I think for the most part, like, people just sort of say these words and actually you just you, you just sort of do the thing, go, yeah, 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 of course I will, yeah. And you're like, what the yeah. hell are you talking about? Like, Yeah, and, <laughs> and getting that instructor to then make sure that you are still trying to do that. So, like, making sure that they're picking out that if you're not doing it. Yeah. You know, I think, I guess this, like, a big thing for me with preparation is, like, are you going to have a coach or not? Like, are yeah. you going to have someone to coach you through it? And I do believe that we should all have a coach. And I know that as professionals are quite bad at, like, not having a coach because yeah, we right. like to think that we can do it all. <laughs> yeah, right. Me included sometimes. But yes, like, definitely. having a coach doesn't mean that they have to choreograph everything for you. It can literally be to coach you through, like... I'll just give a personal example and this is another shout out to one of my friends so Vania Noble um I went to to coach me for pole art like uh, before lockdown the one with the clock my joy routine (laughs) and um you know I, I think I remember her saying something like you know you don't you don't need me like you've already got like all your ideas and everything and yeah like I I already had all my ideas but I needed someone to make me accountable um Mm. so that I knew I was going to her like twice a month I think like I knew that when I went back to her I needed to be at a certain point so that I had like a timeline it helped Uh, me to stick to that and she also picked up on a lot of the negative ways I was talking to myself throughout my session so yes that's useful you know she would she would pull me up on that and so when you're training on your own and you're only with your own voice like and your own thoughts Mm. like it can be really helpful to have somebody else to bounce off of and someone mm. to like pull you up if you're being a bit of a dick to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because definitely like, I mean, we haven't really gone on to that yet, but I mean, I guess to be honest, the only person I've ever had as coach me would be you in theory, but I guess we did it not in like a very official way, more in like a, we were both competing yeah bizarrely not in the same comps but which actually probably helped didn't it because if we're in the same one it might i don't know i think as 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 competitors and as friends i think we're quite good at separating who's doing what i don't think we really care but like i guess it was easier for the fact that we were basically always doing different comps and the fact that we were competing over christmas (laughs) oh my god yes that year what was that two 2018 to 19 yeah, yeah. So yeah, UK PPC, you were in Elite, I was in pro and then yeah, I had iPad. I had iPad in January and you I had, had uh I had Pole Theatre Pole Theatre Hong Kong semi pro. Yeah. 
which I got a lot of stick for because like, which is again, just the side wine for a hot second. I, cause I, I won professional category of UK PPC cause I couldn't be in any other category. I'm not an instructor and I wasn't an elite. So I had to do pro obviously. And then I got stick from no ones trolls, but it made me giggle a little bit because I did semi pro um, and won it. And then like these sort of trolls are like, yeah, well you should have been in that category cause you would have did pro. And I'm like, well, Oh my God. Were they really? No, I had, I had three messages from people that I'd never met. <laughs> being shady yeah. yeah i know and i was just like uh anyway doesn't really matter it's not possible i couldn't i'd already i'd already got into semi-pro uh, in hong kong um before i'd competed in uk ppc so obviously there was no way i could have possibly done it but anyway it's in my opinion professional uk ppc is semi-pro in pole theatre because then you would go into professional in pole theatre which would be the same as elite in UK PPC Mm. you think? well I came runner-up in pro at UK PPC and then from then on had to compete in elite (laughs) really? Mm. yeah has that changed now though? because I mean uh, UK PPC has changed Mm. a bit no this has been a thing for a while (laughs) really? oh god yeah, like way back when I entered pole art, I entered pro, and because I'd come second in pro, they moved me up to elite. Oh, oh, something to think about so, then, guys. If you do yeah. uh, do win or come runner up, uh. yeah. But then again, you can ask the question. So I've had students that have, um, especially when I did the uni comp. So if someone had, for example, entered two beginner comps, mm. okay, and they won the first one they would they would ask the organizer of the second one can i still compete in beginner like because they were already through to it so you just got to ask the organizers because it is different for every comp so Hmm. like that's my biggest advice for anyone because it can be confusing like so just ask like the question and then that way like you've covered yourself and mm. you know what you're doing <laughs> and ev- every comp is definitely different like i mean yeah i'm, I'm probably a bad advocate for this because i basically love doing pole theater and then pole art is <laughs> similar so i'm not jumping around different like comps but yeah like if you're i think as well actually if you're doing um not the super high level comps and you're doing a lot of like the regional comps um i would say there's quite a lot of difference between like what people will allow and not allow and i mean there's so many categories especially if it's like amateur categories but then like semi-pro or like young and like do you know what i mean like the categories are endless so yes ask (laughs) like (laughs) gosh but let me just bring it back to coaching for a second then so because like you're totally right like actually it's it's definitely worth having if if i i would call it an outside eye i guess the way that we work together yeah is that outside eye because like from i guess like a psychological standpoint you i think you you over question yourself and you've said this to me loads of times haven't you i've definitely said like so if you're thinking too hard (laughs) (laughs) and you doubled it but like what's the best thing because like I said if you can be coached by somebody like I just want to try and make this sort of relationship between coaching and cost of coaching like what do you think Mm. is a good sort of middle ground like if you can spend 50 quid an hour on getting someone to like you know coach you through stuff but or maybe you don't have that what's like the next best thing like is basically a friend that's trustworthy enough to judge you also worth coaching or do you think it really should be somebody that's actually like they've already competed like what's what's coaching to you really 
So, you know, it's a really good question. I mean, yeah, it doesn't have to be, like, you don't have to be, like, travelling hours and going to someone. Like, I would say that if you are quite serious about your competing, then they want to be someone that has an understanding of competing because you don't want someone yeah. that's just going to sit there and say, that's fantastic, well done. <laughs> like, you Not know... So, yeah, you need someone that's going to be able to give you some constructive feedback and, like, that you can bounce off. But you're right, it does need, like, there needs to be a good relationship there, like, mm. between you and the coach. So I'd say for anyone that can't really afford to be coached by someone, something I used to do when I was at uni, because I didn't have the money every week to have privates, is I would make my routine like so that it's made and I would use friends like to come and sit in the studio with me and mm. train together and stuff and then then I would maybe go for one lesson with someone just to get a bit of feedback mm. like on my routine and that might just be one lesson which like I know that it would probably be more helpful if there were more than one lesson but like if that's all you can do then like that's great like yeah. you might be able if you get in a if you know it's someone that is good with this sort of stuff then you should be able to get quite a lot out of that one lesson yeah um so you they're not going to wave a magic wand and make your routine like <laughs> you know uh like i don't know they're not going to suddenly be able to make it crazy crazy i don't know what the word is like just like um, super good basically <laughs> magic wand make it pretty but they'll definitely yeah but Still they're going to give you pointers to go away but like my biggest advice with that is don't go and do that two weeks before it needs to be like <laughs> a month before like honestly like it breaks my heart when like people have come to me like two weeks before yeah. and like parts of the routine need re-choreographing or mm. um yeah. and they're not very good at remembering choreo so obviously that's not an option um yeah or they've not got so you need to make sure you've got time after that to be able to put the changes in place otherwise it's sort of like a waste of your money um yeah there's nothing more disheartening so i would say from i mean you've got way more experience in this than me but like coming from a like a lastminute.com perspective if someone comes to me like i when you gauge how much time, like this is back to that, you know, how much prep time do you have? If we're saying, yeah, I'm competing in three weeks time and me as a, I come at, I always come at things at a dance brain first because that's how my brain works and then pole kind of comes afterwards and I'm just thinking like, let's say I've, in my mind, I've got 50 notes that I could do on this. Realistically, I'm going to give you 10 because we don't have time to do. Yeah, yeah. To do the ones. So actually or from a coaching like, perspective, you, got, yeah. you can't, you can't go in if you leave it too late because you don't want to worry your student because then you're going to send them home thinking, oh my God, I haven't done enough. And, uh, and that's just awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I think that's right. And like, if someone came to me two weeks before or maybe even three weeks before, like if I knew they didn't have a lot of training time, then you've got to stay with what the stuff that they can already do mm. and like just work on enhancing that, like... Is, so this is this is why I'm saying like find yourself a coach that has perhaps done a, a routine it doesn't have to be a comp routine it could mm. be shows it, like you know they have some experience of preparing and training for something yeah um yeah 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 I just yeah. Like, <laughs> the pair of just like ate that I was like yeah comps are hard <laughs> But it's so rewarding, though. Like this it is, is this yeah. is all part of that. Like, but the preparation is the biggest bit. Like on the day is 
over within like however long your song is. So uh, like, that's awful. All this isn't bit it? is <laughs> this is the bit that gets like taken for granted, but this bit is the D bit, like you know, D bit. <laughs> No, and I I think as well, like, again, I I have to admit, I've never really had a coach because I usually end up, it's it's just by, I don't know, coincidence. I usually You're all over the bloody place. I'm all over the place. And yeah, but like, you you said something about when you did a uni that I thought was really valuable. Like, I think it's really good that you just got your mates to watch, like just your mates, because that in itself is absolutely terrifying. Like when I remember it was definitely for pole theater this year, um, when it was Amy Mermaid and you, and we were in um, Paul Athletes in Chesterfield and I did my routine in front of you guys for the first time. That, <laughs> I remember doing that far more than I remember doing the actual performance, you know, because that was the oh first time. Oh my God. Yeah, because that was the first time that I, like it's two people that I do respect in terms of like, you will give me pointers because I know you will, but I also know that you're going to tell me what's right. And I remember being more shit scared about that than the actual comp day because the comp day... Actually, in that in that comp, I I've actually felt quite good about myself. I was quite confident, and I was really I really enjoyed that character. So I was really excited to go and perform it in front of the audience because it's one of those ones that it was a definite audience piece. Like I know I walked on yeah. stage and started drinking wine. Like you know it's going to get a giggle. <laughs> so so like it is really valuable during your prep, even from the start of it, to definitely just perform in front of your people because it's scarier in my opinion it's far scarier and i think will help you when you get to the day to probably be a little bit calmer because it might be 300 people but it's probably 300 strangers like two mates yeah. two mates are worth seven thousand people i'm telling you now yeah and 100 <laughs> percent. like you you're going to be able to tell from the reaction from your friends if you know them well enough you're going to oh. be able to tell <laughs> if if it that was, was good or nice. Not. <laughs> that was I've seen you do. Yeah, that was good. That was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I know for me, like when I've done a routine where I want people to feel something, like when I've performed it to my friends and they have felt emotion from it, like I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm on the right track. Like, yeah. This is I'm I'm starting to and also I sometimes perform at the end of class, like after class if people want to stay behind, like so that I can practice yeah. in front of an audience. And mm. we do that for students as well. Mm. Um like if they're preparing for something, like we can let them run it at the end. So you're getting used to having an audience in front of you. Yeah. And also actually that's just good good prep for um not being tired because like you know if you just did an hour's yeah. worth of class and then you do a run that's a great position to be in if you get through it <laughs> yeah 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 100 <laughs> percent. like actually i think that's something that we have i haven't spoken about on public sharing yet is like again like men, when me and you started training together like back in the day um we would do about three three runs wouldn't we it was like what about two weeks before the yeah. comp we would basically just clean up bits we wanted and then we'd basically relay between like, you go first i'll go first you go first we would we'd do it three times yeah. each and that sounds awful like it was awful though it wasn't accurate wasn't it it was just yeah. it was terrifying but in terms of your endurance that's a really good thing to do during your prep time because you can't yeah you could go and run 10k and it will not prepare you for a three-minute pole routine (laughs) no no it's completely different completely different and actually it's just reminded me because I was thinking about when we were doing that and it was winter and it was cold (laughs) like if you're going to enter a comp that is in January oh god 
You are going to need to consider the fact that your mind is going to be preoccupied over Christmas. You're going to need to bear <laughs> yes. in mind that, like, when you're drinking alcohol and things, like, are you going to be okay with that? Like, we, because we had to sacrifice a lot of our Christmas time to go into the studio and train, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So, I mean, we still drank. <laughs> but yeah, like did. you know you, you've got to be like if you know that you absolutely hate training in the winter and it's like really awful for you then like, I would consider that when you're entering a winter comp or like is there a way that you could make the studio warmer before you go in could mm-hmm. you spend a bit longer warming up like you got to allow these things for time as well Yes, and actually you really reminded me because I remember we did it as a joke for ourselves but I think the pair of us because we're both a bit self-conscious about our bodies just because we are, because life and we both go through times where we love our bodies and sometimes when we don't and I do remember the pair of us taking a picture in front of the mirror on like date I think it was like, I don't know, the 20, 27th and the pair of us had <laughs> yeah. gone in on Christmas and we were laughing at ourselves like, oh my God, like... Uh, and I remember <laughs> I was heavy. I was really heavy when I did my pole theater routine. Like when we trained in, in December, I think that I'd lost a little bit. I'd lost Christmas weight, but like my comp was the 20th of January. Like, you know, it's less than a month after Christmas and like Christmas in my family isn't a one day event. It's like two weeks, practically the amount of food and booze and going out happens so like yeah like if you have a family that is really rowdy and super food orientated yeah it's like i think it's a it's really a mental thing because you're like shall i have one more scoop of mashed potato and the answer is for me is yes always (laughs) (laughs) but you know but i did remember that like getting through like we were like trying to just do an invert and being like (laughs) yeah and I guess like this is where like there are there are some other like really important like contributing factors to doing comps. So mm. like taking into consideration like physical health and mental health. So mm-hmm. if you know that you have like um like an issue with your physical health, I don't know, let's say for example you've got um arthritis and it plays up in the winter, mm. like is that gonna be a barrier for you doing comps when it's cold? Um yeah. That's that's a really random example. I don't know where that came from. I think it's because I get it in my fingers. Um, Mm. And then, like, mental health as well. Um, Like, I know that a lot of us in the pole industry do struggle with our mental health, and that's sometimes the reason we find pole. Mm. Um, But then I suppose, like, we need to prepare for if this comp, like, is going to impact on that. Like, how are we going to look after that whilst we're comp training? Yeah. You know? Because a lot of our, like, um, feelings and thoughts about ourselves come to the surface. We're making ourselves very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. We're putting ourselves out there. So a lot of our, like, what I call conditions of worth are going to come to surface. And that's something that I've found when people are preparing for comps, they've right. not been prepared for. <laughs> ah, conditions, conditions of self conditions of worth sorry conditions of worth ah okay explain that a little bit then because that sounds like a very interesting thing (laughs) definitely definitely happens throughout the the prep of making a pole routine so yeah like conditions of worth is um it's a psychotherapy term um but we all have them so from when we're like really really young like babies into like young children like it's just the messages that are instilled into us um 
mostly non-intentionally from the people around us. Mm. Um, And then we live our lives, like, and our behaviours are based upon these conditions of worth. So we learn from being, like, really, really young that if I do this, then I will receive love. And if I don't do this, then I won't. Oh, okay. Basic, it's literally down to basics of, like, to get food, I need to do this. Yeah. Like, you know, if I don't, then I won't get it. Like, you know, if you think of a baby crying, it will work out a way to get its mum to realise that it needs feeding. Um, Right, yeah. So so these are really, really, like, I won't go into too much of that, but some of our conditions of worth are not all that pleasant. Like, we do have positive ones like you know um like i am powerful or i am i am strong or um i am brave like we do have positive ones but like we also often people will have negative ones so i guess like how do we know what our conditions of worth are yeah (laughs) this is what i'm thinking you know yeah (laughs) yeah like how do we know (laughs) like we may go our whole life and not know like (laughs) but one way to to start to understand what they might be is to look at our I call them gnats so imagine like annoying little gnats that are flying around (laughs) Um, (laughs) and these gnats are actually like negative automatic thoughts okay so I wasn't just using gnats as like a random thing like they are actually a thing Um, (laughs) yeah so negative automatic thoughts are like involuntary like they they happen before we have chance to do anything about them. Right, so okay. it could be a thought like, you know, I'm not good enough or um, yeah. I'm not strong enough for this. I can't do this. Like everyone in the comp is going to be better than me. Um, yeah. It could be to do a body image. Like, you know, I could go on and on and on about what some of these gnats might be. Yeah. Um, they all suck. But they're not pleasant. <laughs> yeah, they all suck, don't they? Like, I know that me and you have both had them. Like... <laughs> every time we've done a comp like but we vocalize them to each other often and yeah um yeah and we're aware of them so this is also what your coach like, is for by the way <laughs> yeah exactly so like it's not like it's not to like beat yourself up for having them because you're going to have them like yeah. you're putting yourself like i say in a vulnerable position and yeah. you're putting yourself like in the limelight basically yeah so it's gonna start to illuminate any vulnerabilities that you might have Wow. <laughs> and it might be the first time that you've come to face them. Um, yeah. It might not be. And if it's not, that might be like either way, it's uncomfortable. So I guess we're preparing for like a potential stage of discomfort, like within ourselves, which. That's interesting. Sounds scary, yes. that doesn't it? I guess it doesn't need to be because I guess you know, um, yeah, like building routines and stuff, it is, like I said before, it's cathartic and it is like you have to do like look at yourself and question yourself like if you imagine like you're gonna start a prep well let's say it's four months because i guess in reality prep is about four months um like you are literally gonna have to start thinking about when you can train how much food you can have can i afford to train do i have enough time to train why do i feel like this today i didn't train so well today i had a really great training day but yesterday was horrendous like you know like the the mental responsibility that you're about to put yourself through is like it's a lot isn't it but how can i love um, that mental responsibility that's really good like i love that another another gold star for so today excellent (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah like if because like i said and i'm genuinely interested in this now because like i've suddenly arrived 
after a couple of months of like real craziness and you know what me and you are like Lisa we just if we're busy we're happy whether that's good or bad for us and as soon as we stop we go I don't have enough work no one wants to be my friend I'm alone and, and, it's, and this is so that's that's, that's my nuts isn't it right there yeah they're, well, they're, they're, yeah, my they're your nuts they're my nuts straight away they're your nuts but like I guess the deeper meaning of that would be what does that mean if if you don't have work what does that mean if no one is your friend like what does that say about you and that is your condition of worth god <laughs> so yeah like you know like it's, it's asking these sort of questions to yourself but i'm not saying at all that you need to go through this like to no. like some <laughs> some people might not and I, like the the most basic thing that like i think people could do or try to do whilst they're comp training is just be a little observant of any changes in their thoughts and feelings like mm. you know um there was a point you raised a minute ago about like if you don't have a good training session mm. like that's quite a common one that comes up for people that from my experience where like if they've not had a good session like how that actually impacts their thoughts towards the mm. comp towards themselves and like so it's like trying to move away from this black and white thinking that like if I've had a bad training session then I can't do it I'm gonna to have to drop out the con because I'm not good enough and you know oh uh, like that must be the number one one isn't it? you have a bad training day and therefore you yeah. think you cannot compete <laughs> or even a bad training week you know mm. th- these things happen so it's just actually like trying to be a little observer of your mind and not try and like not force it you know like every session's not going to be amazing like no. there are going to be amazing sessions where you then all of those doubts might fall away and you're like, oh, I needed to trust the process and it's here and it's happening and my stamina's <laughs> yeah. getting better. But then you might have another bad one like the week after. Like, it's a bit of a roller coaster, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's a huge roller coaster. Like, I, 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 yeah, I definitely notice. So, like, here's, here's a top tip for people sleep to me is massive. It's a huge, huge part. If I've not had enough, like I don't know what the sleep version of hangry is, but it's that. Like, <laughs> like if I'm not enough sleep, I just get mardy. Like, just call, let's call it the Mardar syndrome. I'm full on Mardars if I've not had enough sleep. And when it comes to comps, like and when we get closer to it as well, my brain for some reason, well, hopefully the right reasons, like straight away goes. Um, okay, we're going to drink a bit less. We're going to eat a bit better, which is just great that that happens in my body. Um, and I get really obsessive with sleep to the point where like, I will go and train in a studio and then I will literally go home, take a nap, then start my day again. Because like, I know that my brain, especially when it comes to tricks and learning movement patterns, it needs to go to sleep for a bit. Like it has to shut down. So <laughs> like, and I know this is not the same for everyone and not everyone has the time of day to take a nap in the middle of it. But <laughs> like, you know, I think there's certain things that you can learn about yourself during the, the yeah. creation of a routine where you realize, wait, if I don't get this today, and this is 100% true to me, I can do a trick on one day and it won't work it just won't do it but you did it with me Lisa where something have gone wrong right and then I'll have asked you to um, spot me a few times and then yeah. the next day I'll have been to sleep I'll have made, made a good attempt to go to sleep and then I will go to the studio and it will be there and that's just somehow a magical part of your body, which it just happens. And that's just one for me that works, like knowing that tomorrow I'll get it because I, I went to sleep. But can you think of any other ones that you've ever noticed where you've been like, other than sleep? I don't know whether it's just like an hour later or I don't know, it's, I don't know, a different food thing. Is there anything you've ever noticed that you've ever done where you've, you've, you've learned that actually that's your learning process? 
Um, because Link to Me is the obvious one. I, I can't think of another one, but I just wonder if maybe that's think, just me. I think like stamina, because for me, like, mm. and even now after like I've been competing for ten years, I think. <laughs> Well. I still don't always believe that I'm going to be able to pull something like get the stamina good enough. Like you know when you first do that first run through and it's like horrific and yeah. you're going to die and like you can't breathe and your lines were not neat and like yeah like I think for me trusting that actually like time and time again I keep going at it and then I can do it like better and better and better like. Mm. That for me is, I think when people first start running their routine, that can be quite a breaking point. <laughs> like yeah. realizing, man, this is hard, like <laughs> so, so hard. But then on the flip side, when you then are going to the studio and eventually running it three times, like how great that feels because you do remember that first run through yeah like you do remember how hard it was and like I think that just gives you such a big confidence boost that your body and mind can do things that you didn't actually think it could do yeah I think that's the best most positive thing you get out of comps anything or comps or showcases is like if you actually even if you don't make it to the comp like something happened you could do the comp if you just manage to, for a second, look back on your journey and just realise where you started to where you are yeah. now, that's, like, really massive. But I would say that the majority of us don't do that. Definitely not. I don't think so. I don't think well, I do all the time. We don't, we don't do it... I don't think we do it enough in the process. I think we do mm. after, like, maybe three months after, but, like, it's good to keep checking in with that, like, throughout, because mm. you get stuck with where you are, don't you? And... For me, it's been like, um, if I can run it three times, but there's still this little thing that, like, is not perfect, I'll forget <laughs> that actually, like, I'm running it three times, which I wasn't doing last week, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so it's it putting, I guess it's that perspective again, like, it's taking yourself out of yourself for a minute and being like, hold on, like, what's the bigger picture here? Like, where's the grey, like, rather than being black and white? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is there anything that you can think of, like... So, like we said, like, these, what do you call your nats, your uh, negative automatic uh, thoughts. Yeah. Like, apart from just, you know, just going into the studio and just, like, physically doing things, is there anything that you would suggest would be a good way for someone to, like, actually just write it down? Like, if they've noticed something, like, maybe a diary, but yeah. I think that's quite a... Is that a bit obvious? I don't know, like, is No, it, no, no. How, how can yeah, people like, realise um, what they're doing, really? I guess it's like, so coming back to the coach thing, like having someone to actually point that out to you, like, because mm. often you will, some people verbalise their nats without realising it. Like, so I'll give like a personal example. When I went to Varney, before I showed it anything, I'd be like putting my disclaimers in. Yeah. I'd be like, <laughs> oh, so, you know, I've like this, I've only done a few times and it's not very good and blah, 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 blah. And like basically just sort of being down on myself about it. Yeah. And she would say like, she would say to me like you know you've done that again like you've said that like yeah. just just do it <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just, just do it and like then I would process afterwards like oh she pulled me up on like this and this a few times and I didn't notice that I was doing that <laughs> like I didn't notice I was talking to myself like that because the way that we talk to ourselves when we're preparing for these things is really important like mm. so having someone else to actually highlight to you can be helpful but I think the biggest tool is if you can highlight it yourself. So yeah, mm. a thought diary is a good one. Um, 
you will notice the the common ones that crop up because they're usually those really not very nice ones. Yeah. <laughs> and then also like finding evidence for it. So for example, if one of yours was um I don't know, if one is I'm I've not got the stamina and I'm not very good at this. I don't know, this is really broad. Then what's the evidence of that? Like is that <laughs> blanket evidence does that mean that like you're never going to be good at it like you know like questioning that thought basically putting it on trial and being like how true is this is this actually true this thought (laughs) oh that's clever so basically you're gonna do like literally just do i mean judge yourself but literally as a judge what is the actual physical evidence who's the jury like Like, judge judy yeah Yeah, like put the thought on trial like if you keep saying (laughs) to yourself like a common really common one is that you're like i'm not good enough like people will say oh like you know i'm not good enough to be in that category or um i'm gonna look like the lowest person in that category like where is the evidence but where is the evidence for that like you know like seriously so and obviously like there are loads of different techniques that you can do to work with gnats but they're not going to happen overnight like they yeah they take some time um to combat really but identifying the thoughts is the main one and yeah, something that, that like something's really helped me is like not trying to push the thoughts away so if i said to you now don't think about the big white bunny rabbit with the unicorn ears and the pink coat. Oh, God. <laughs> what are you thinking about right now? A very strange looking thing, but sort of based on what you've just said, I'm definitely thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. So if you start saying to yourself, like, don't think like horribly to yourself, like stop thinking that, then you're going to think it more like you're just raising more attention to it. Yes. So like <sighs> we need to actually like, accept that the thoughts are there like Mm. they are there like of course they are we all have them and just pop a little pin in them (laughs) okay (laughs) i see you i hear you i hear that you're there and i'm just going to put you to one side for a minute and i'm gonna like gather my evidence (laughs) i'm gonna like go and do my thing you know literally just popping them to one side like acknowledging them can sometimes be enough like we're all very different so i'm not I'm not generalizing, okay? Yeah, like, I, know I that guess that's quite hard to do. That. that it's hard to yeah, say that, hard. isn't it? Like to say, like, yeah, like don't don't feel bad about yourself. It's like, well, I do. So, uh. yeah. If it was that easy, then like you know. <laughs> but yeah. But, oh god. But we yeah. can draw attention to the thoughts without realizing it. You know. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know when. So I think maybe one. I mean, I don't know. You can tell me if this is right or wrong, but like, I tend to find that it is when I'm on my own that these thoughts come into play. Like, it's when I've not got someone to yeah. talk to. Um, like, often when I take my dog for a walk is the is the time that I. Re- I mean, back in the day, I remember that taking the dog for the walk was the one part of my day where I'd be like, oh, like it's just me and the dog, and he's smiling because he's just happy to be outside, and that used to be like a really nice part of my day. Whereas, like, I feel like now it's sort of become like the time where I then go and think about oh this is happening and maybe we should be doing this and whatever we're and I've, and that's something that's literally happened in the last like month or so where the pleasure of just being outside has become like why am i alone why should i should i be working now should i be doing a thing and these these are my little gnats these are my little like but well, what's the evidence for this the reason why you've got some time off is because you need it <laughs> yeah exactly so you see how you've already just done that for yourself there like quite yes. simply like 
Yeah. Yeah. But it takes it takes practice and the more that you do that, like you would find yourself doing it more often. Like you'd notice the gnats more. The gnats. I can't help but just keep saying gnats in my head. <laughs> <laughs> like buzzing around, like really irritating little buggers i know that's exactly what they <laughs> Try are not to swear. <laughs> all right then well we're gonna we're gonna wind it down but before we do that i want to know then let's say we've we've fast forward all this because i guess in our in this podcast we've not talked about so much the, the physical and whatever but we're more talking about like the whole experience like let's say it's now like this night before the comp which to me is always like quite a I don't know. I feel like I'm in my sanctuary. Like, seriously. And I think you... Actually, I think you taught me this without really realising. Like, um, you sort of told me that you get to about two, three weeks before you comp. By that point, you you basically have your routine down and all you're doing now is really fine-tuning. You shouldn't be... You're definitely not adding any big tricks anymore. No way. You might just be slightly clean up that bit of choreo that's just not quite working but generally speaking especially the week before you're just running it you're not doing anything you're just running it and then let's say the comp's on uh sunday friday's your last run saturday you do nothing sunday is it like so you know there's that that um, that hilarious moment where you've just done your final run in the studio for your mates <laughs> and you go right the next time lights camera action that to me is the most incredible powerful thought of the entire experience of making a pole routine you know when you realize you've just yeah. done your last rehearsal that that to me is like groundbreaking because that's it now that's it you've 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 done it yeah, yeah. Like, you've pulled the work in nothing's gonna change at this point like yes. like that's yeah i think that's the thing for me is like nothing's gonna change now because i sometimes have this thought on that day where i'm resting of like oh should i go in and run it no but it's like to me, and I know some people that do, and that's fine. Like, we're all different. But for me, it's like, it's going to change absolutely nothing. Like, <laughs> at all. <laughs> and to be honest, there have been times when I have gone in the day before. And the times that I have, I have actually, like, slipped on a trick or missed something. And then that's properly got in my head on the yeah. next day. So if I've got a good run through happened, like, on my last run through, then that's it. Like, leave it. <laughs> yeah. For sure. I think actually I did, it was a time when I wasn't training with you. I think I did a really good run. I think two days before my comp, but I think I had to travel on one day of work and I, and I was really scared that that two days would be like, <gasps> but actually from, from a very physical standpoint, your body's just tired. Your body might need two days. Like, you know, spending two days it, you know, when you get to the end of the line, two days of not doing your routine is also not going to change a thing. Like it isn't. No, it's in your body by now. Like it'll be in your muscle, hopefully. Like you've done it so much that you're doing it without actually thinking because you're just performing it now. And it almost, you almost get to a point, well, I do, where I need the audience now. Yeah. Because I've done everything that I can do in the studio and it feels a bit just like monotonous and I, I actually need some audience <laughs> participation. Like, yeah. And we both hate our music more than life. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I've done, it, I've done it with you a couple of times. Like, this is just a random tip for anyone that, like, is quite musically minded. Like, do your routine slower to a different piece of music just because it's nice. Because yeah. I did it once and it actually worked out really, really well. I was like, shit, maybe I should have done this song. But, <laughs> like, <laughs> I think if it's possible, especially if your routine isn't mad dynamic, like, you well, you can still sort of do it. Um, to actually do it in a slow motion, if you desperately want to do it, but just not like if we're doing three runs in a day, I quite like to do one as the first one, a second one maybe slower to different music as the and then the last one is it, 
sort of. Because I think that yeah. little break from the music makes it fresh for you as well. Because I don't know, again, from a... Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know from a mental perspective why, but like there's something about doing your routine just to something completely different. I don't know. Like, I feel like it fires off new triggers in your brain that just get a bit excited. That's how I feel. But that dopamine rush. <laughs> ah, there you go. So there's there's going to be some kind of um, <laughs> some kind of big big word that would make that sound clever. But like, um, what do you do then? Like, I know because we generally speaking, we'll get like hotels. And we tend to plan when our hotels are going to happen. Like for me, I really enjoy being on my own the day before a comp because I I like to treat myself basically and basically award myself for putting myself through it. And like at least for three comps, I'll have gone to the hotel the night before the comp, this is when I've had like the, the, the cash to do it as well. And I will definitely not share my room with anyone, including my mother. Like, you know, <laughs> she came to UK PPC with me and actually that was lovely. But then after that, I was just like, you know what? I actually want to be on my own. Like, cause I don't, I want to have a bath. I want to enjoy the fact I've, I'm in a hotel. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm going to get a glass of wine. Like I know a lot of people probably wouldn't drink. Some people do. I won't drink a bottle of wine. <laughs> That's probably not a good idea. But like, I will sit and have a nice glass of wine because I think that in my head, whether this is true or not, that honestly, I just think that alcohol is just going to just calm me down a minute. Like, I'm not being wild, but I'm just like, I just want to sit and watch Netflix before my comp. <laughs> and I'm not going to go to the gym. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to listen to my music. Like, do you have a little prep or so post, yeah. post-comp thing that you do? I think... I think for me, I try not to change things too much. And this is where everyone's routine is completely different and that's fine. Mm. So it is working on what, what works for you and that might take a few comps to figure out. But for me, like, I have this thing, like if I go to the supermarket like the day before, I all of a sudden I've forgotten what I'm supposed to eat. And I'm like, I don't know what I should be eating. And actually I have to remind myself, like, keep it the same. Like, don't <laughs> try and all of a sudden be like, into salad when you're not like (laughs) you know like I have to remind myself I've been eating the same thing week in week out and training my routine so it's not going to make a blind bit of difference yeah like (laughs) just literally it's true and on them and on the day like obviously depending on what time you're on but I don't change anything to do with how I eat on the day at all like you know it's literally the same um completely the same like I don't avoid things because if I I mean if if I haven't been avoiding them for the last four months when I've been training then (laughs) it's not going to make any difference now like no (laughs) so I just try personally because my body I don't really like change that much so Mm. I also like get very overwhelmed with making decisions so it's quite that (laughs) takes so it takes away that for me if I just stick to what I've been doing um food wise um I, I do try and drink plenty of water because I'm aware that like I might be distracted and forget so yeah. I have to be a little bit more on it to make sure that I drink um, yeah. and it is less stressful if you can stay over so that you're already there so you've not got to worry about travelling and stuff I know it's yeah. not always possible to do that um, if you can't and you've got to travel on the day make sure that you leave plenty of time mm-hmm. um, last thing you want is to be sat in a car worrying yeah like it. stuck in traffic and things like oh. um and getting trying to get a good night's sleep like just try to be as relaxed as you can the night before because it's a strange time isn't it it's like you're in the world of the unknown for like 
Yeah. I just feel like you're a zombie. And like, I think yeah. it's, it's, it's very clear we're going to have a, another episode because it's just far too interesting. Everything <laughs> that we're talking about. But um, like, I think that like weekend or that 48 hours or even 36 hours of, of the yeah. comp and going there, you're basically in the twilight zone. Time doesn't exist apart from the time you actually need to be on stage. And otherwise, yeah. the entire day just occurs. You, <laughs> yeah. do, you do it and then you get dominoes, which is great. And then... <laughs> And then you're just in a well of space and yeah. time the day after, and, like, because it's all and over. Like, pe- people are talking to you and you're not really, like, <laughs> able to listen to what they're saying. So I guess, like, when, it, when you're saying about, like, you like being on your own, I totally get that. Because, like, you you need minimal stress, basically. Like, you don't, yeah. you're already going to feel a little bit different to, like, how you normally feel, maybe more than a little bit. Yeah. But, like, so you need to just basically eliminate any stresses. Like, mm. so if you are somebody that knows that they would get really anxious about the journey there, just stay over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, just stay over. Yeah. Try and... Because this whole... Like, you've worked this hard for this one day, so it should be, like, enjoyable. Like, that's the main thing to come back to, isn't it? That 100%. no one's forced you to do this. No one has forced you. <laughs> um, this is your... This is something I, I'm literally saying what I say to myself. Yeah. Like, no one has forced me to do this. This was my decision. Like, this is supposed to be enjoyable. <laughs> what will make it more enjoyable for me? Like what would I enjoy right now? <laughs> you know, and you know what's actually what I'm just taking from this right now, especially considering that I've, I have applied for a couple of comments next year. Cause I was kind of not sure. <laughs> like, like, you know, what I was talking about the day before it's honestly making me smile. I'm like, I feel really giddy, like, which is great. It's making me, it's making me sweat. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but isn't that funny? Like your, your body, like I always think this about bodies, like our bodies, we're like, you Somatic. know, like, yeah, exactly. Like you know what you know when you talk about like trees and they have their like um what's yeah. it, the veins and trees and they have these layers and layers and layers. This is literally what you are as a human. Like you cannot even if we are talking about psychology, you cannot like even try and understand what your body's gonna do. Do you know what I mean? And it's great that there's people like you that want to be able to learn as to how and why. Yeah. But like the fact that my body has made me feel really giddy. Mine's shaking a bit. Mine's <laughs> like going into that mode. Like and it is like our body remembers it. Like it it stores it away, that feeling and remembers it. Like yeah. you know. Just think of all the cells, like all these things and all these like it all literally yeah. all this energy that charges through you. Like this this is now, this moment right now is why cops at least for me is so fun because yeah you, you know you you've treated yourself really like you've done this bloody ridiculously hard few months of your life but you've you, you've somehow treated yourself to this incredible like once in a lifetime performance and i'm saying once in a lifetime not because it might be the only comp you ever do but i'm just saying that comp at that time that piece of music yeah. those people it is a once in a lifetime thing and you've awarded yourself something that is super unusual like yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you can't, you cannot make this happen again. It is not going to happen again. So it's like <laughs> you've you've gifted yourself something awful, but something incredible all at the same time. <laughs> well, that's my that's my yeah. take. Everyone's like, so you're I, wild. <laughs> I guess like in our in our next one, like um, you know, we have plenty more fruitful things to bring to <laughs> the fact of like something interesting you said there about like that you can't control a lot of this, and that is true. And so, mm. like that's what i really want to chat about next time well on that note then let's leave it there because next <laughs> the next episode is gonna be very fruitful right well honestly 
Uh, that sounds hilarious because like we're mates I'm asking I'm saying thank you but I'm just saying like thanks mate that was like proper good that was dead interesting oh, thank you for having me <laughs> so well I'm very excited we're gonna have to look forward to episode episode three with Lisa Hammond because uh, <laughs> the psychology of what we do is so ridiculous it's hilarious that I guess normal people do this and like we said before we're not athletes we don't have a team just do you yeah. know what I mean like we are it's alone. so clever though yeah, it's so clever that we can do this. Like you know, we we all have like this superpower to do this, don't we? Like, yes, we are. We have a superpower. I love that. Yay! <laughs> well, on that very positive note, let's say goodbye. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. And uh, looks like we're going to catch you next time. <laughs> <laughs> love you. Bye bye. Love you. Bye bye. <laughs> If you're loving what you've been hearing in the Public Showering Podcast, you have to experience Sadasi. www.soduncan.com slash Sadasi. It's the online community that is everything you've been hearing in public showering, plus so much more. It's where you can get one-to-one help bringing all these ideas to your own work. It's where you can learn new creative coaching tools not shared on the podcast that will blow your mind even more. And it's where you can hang out and chat with other Sadasi members just like you and help each other unlock your creative potential. It's fun, it's chill, and I'm there for you when you need that little bit of extra support. So come join us at www.soduncan.com slash Sadasi. It's been a pleasure to have you with me today. I'll see you there. Love you, bye-bye.